Good evening. It's good to see everyone tonight. Appreciate you coming out and being a part of our service here tonight as we close out this Lord's Day. We appreciate our visitors being with us. Um, we are glad you're here. Thank you for coming our way. We uh, have just concluded a series of lessons on uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and so I thought for tonight, I just wanted to share just a few thoughts on something um, completely different from that, and I have in mind another series that might start up in the next couple weeks, but uh, in the meantime, I had a few things I wanted just to bring on a Sunday night. And so tonight I wanted to talk about, uh, just briefly with you, just share a few thoughts um, about the, the life of the Apostle Paul. You know, Paul is such an important figure in the New Testament. If you think about um, the life that he led, um, his writings that he left behind, um, there, there's just a lot about this man, uh, obviously, in the New Testament. And it's worth a, a look at, into his life and just to pull a few things and, and see how he was so instrumental in bringing forth the gospel, um, encouraging the brethren, uh, living a life uh, as an example to us, um, uh, weathering adversity. All these things that we see him doing provide an example for us as we look to others, for example, now understand that, that our ultimate example is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Paul makes reference to that, and we will get to that here in just a, a few moments. So this is not a, uh, putting Paul on a pedestal that he does not deserve, but rather it's looking at a man who sought to serve the Lord and see how we can use him as, a, as an example and what we can draw out of that. So, like I said, tonight I just wanted to look at a brief account of the life of Paul. And this will be very brief because we have a lot written about uh, the Apostle Paul. But I just wanted to pull a few things out and uh, speak to them tonight. Let's start off with understanding about Paul and understanding that he set out to be a preacher of the gospel. In... Uh, Acts chapter 9, we see after his conversion that um, he immediately began to preach. We remember the account there in Acts chapter 9 as he is um, on the road to Damascus and the, the, the bright light blinds him and, and he's there and um, uh, eventually Ananias comes to him and um, tells him to be baptized. And the account here, beginning in verse 17 of Acts chapter 9, it says, So Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized. And he took food and was strengthened. Now for several days he was with the disciples who were in Damascus. And notice verse 20. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. We looked this morning in um, Matthew 16 about Peter. And our, our Lord asking the questions about, Who do people say that I am? And they, they, they answered and said, Well, some say Elijah, some say a prophet, some say uh, Jeremiah. 
And then our Lord asked, but who do you say that I am? Remember, it was Peter who said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And we talked about how Peter recognized who Jesus was. And that there's so much in that little confession there about the Christ and being the Son of the living God. So we look at Paul here, and still going by the name Saul at this point, and understand that um, as soon as he was baptized, immediately he be be began to proclaim what? He began to proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And how important is that message? How important is it to understand who Jesus Christ is? And him being the Son of God is so integral to the gospel message and so integral to God's plan overall that it would take God's Son to come to the earth and to fulfill the ministry and then be put to death on the cross to save man from their sins. How very important that is. So Paul was a preacher of the gospel. And as soon as he was baptized and he um, regained his strength, the, what does he start doing? Scripture tells us he began to pr proclaim Jesus Christ in the synagogues. So we get an understanding of Paul in, in starting the work immediately. He knew what he needed to do. Along the way, Paul's going to uh, encounter quite a bit of adversity. We're just going to scratch the surface here and talk about a few things um, in, in his recapping of those. Um, but throughout it all, he continued to preach. Even though he was um, going through these troubling times, he still continued in what it was that he was supposed to be doing, which was spreading of the gospel. In 2 Corinthians 11, um, Paul recounts here briefly some of the things that he has uh, undergone during his ministry. Um, and he says in 2 Corinthians 11, beginning of verse 23, Are they servants? I speak as if I am insane. I more so in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Just keep in mind that Paul is going through all this as he's trying to, to, to spread the gospel in the world. Verse 24, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. So all these physical things are happening to Paul. Being stoned, being exposed to the elements, being shipwrecked. All these things that are going on external. But know what he says there in 28. And, and on top of this, apart from all these external things, are the things that are within me. The pressures that are within me. And being concerned for the churches. Throughout all this... Uh, Paul withstood it. He withstood these troubling times. And he continued to, uh, to fulfill his mission. And he remained faithful. Um, through all this adversity, he remained faithful. We don't ever read of Paul's faith uh, wavering. Um, maybe coming close, but the Lord's there to strengthen him. Um, in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, um, 
in understanding all this, Paul says, Therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Not only did Paul withstand uh, all this adversity that he had to go through, but look at his attitude. Look what he had to say about it. He said, I'm content with it. I'm content with weakness, insults, distress, whatever's thrown my way for the Lord's sake. I'm going to be content with it. And he says, for whenever I am weak, then I am strong. And what an attitude that is. What a great attitude that is that we can, that we can adopt as our own. Things in this world beset us, but we stay strong. And we stay uh, true to the faith through all of it. Another thing that we can uh, see about Paul is that in all this, that he labored with humility. Um, he would be the first to give the glory to God where it belonged. We see passages like this from 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 8. It says, And last of all, as to one untimely born, speaking of himself and being an apostle, um, in a different way than the rest of the apostles. It says, He appeared to me also, for I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul recognized from where he came. Remember, he was persecuting the church. As Saul, he was persecuting Christians. He was there when Stephen was stoned. Remember, they laid their coats at this young man's feet, and that was Paul. So he was in agreement to putting to death of Stephen. And because of that, he says, I am the least of the apostles. But notice what he says in verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Whether then I was, uh, I, was a, I or they, so we preached and so you believed. So even though Paul recognized and met head on his past, he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I've been able to become a preacher of the gospel. And he says there in verse 11, so we preach and so you believe. That's his mission. That's his mission was to preach and to convert souls. In this, we, we see that Paul realized that he was not worthy of the opportunities that had been put in front of him. Again, giving glory to God. In Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 8, he says, To me, the very least of all saints, we see this in Paul's writing so much, how he recognizes um, his humility, or puts forth his humility. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. In verse 10, so that the manifold wisdom of God might be now made known through the church to the rulers and to the authorities in the heavenly places. Paul realized what a precious gift it was for him to be able to preach the gospel. And he says, I am the least of all saints. Why should it be me? But he realizes it's by the grace of God. And he recognizes and acknowledges 
That is God's grace that has given him these opportunities, and he's seizing them and, and making the most of them. What a lesson we can learn from that. Think about the opportunities that get put before us. Are we seizing on those opportunities? Are we making the most of them? And understanding that these opportunities are coming by, coming to us through the grace of God. And so we need to make the very most of them. Paul was used by God to demonstrate God's mercy. If we look in 1 Timothy 1, uh, beginning in verse 12, Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Again, think about where Paul has come from. Think about his background, putting Christians to death, being in agreement with putting them to death. Verse 13, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among who I am foremost of all. There it is again. Paul recognizing uh, his past. And, and in humility, stating who he is. I'm the least of all. Verse 16. Yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. So think about what Paul is saying here. He's saying, I've gone from persecuting Christians to spreading the word and trying to make new Christians. That's a pretty big way that he's come, isn't it? And Paul recognized that. And he says, how did that all come about? It came about through God's mercy. Because God had a better, a, a better plan for him. He had more in store for him. And so this is Paul's work. And he received it in, in all humility, recognizing that God had shown him mercy. So as Paul has um, been converted, he's set out to preach the gospel. Um, he's withstood adversity, and through it all, he's been laboring in humility. And through all that, he remained faithful. He remained faithful to God through all the, the adversity, through all the things that were um, happening to him. And we hadn't even touched on the um, those who were trying to, to bring him down as he defends himself in the Corinthian letters about those who were speaking behind his back, saying things about him, and he has to defend himself. Through all that, he remained faithful. And what an encouragement that is to us. And he remained faithful until the end. And at the end of his life, he looked towards the next. In 2 Timothy 4, beginning in verse 6, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. This is Paul speaking as, as being in prison in Rome and realizing that his time on this earth is drawing near. That it's not going to be long, and he's going to be put to death. Verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Through, the, through 
what we've been talking about. He's fought the good fight. He's finished the race. He's kept the course. And in verse 8, he says, In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but all those who have loved his appearing. So as Paul is reflecting on the adversity and all the things uh, that he has withstood in his life, he's looking forward to the next life. And he's looking forward to it um, with happiness, with joy. And seeing that there's a crown of righteousness awaiting him. And the exhortation to us is that Paul says, not only to me, but all those who have loved his appearing. All of us as Christians who have put on Christ, who live a life of service to him, we ought to be joyful about the coming day of our Lord. About the time that we are going to meet our maker. We ought to be joyful about that. This life is full of sadness, difficulties. Just look at what Paul had to withstand. Yet through all that, he knew he had to keep going. And he withstood all of that, uh, all the adversity that came his way. But as he was looking at the end of his life, he looked to a bright future. I finished the course, I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord himself is going to give to him. What a wonderful thought that is. Remain faithful until the end. A few things about Paul, the legacy that he left behind. You know, Paul helped to establish and did establish many churches. A lot of the churches, as he's going on these missionary journeys, he's preaching the word and converting souls and establishing churches. And even we looked at this morning in, in uh, Acts chapter 15 when he goes on his second missionary journey. Remember what he says to Barnabas there? He says, let's go back through all the cities and encourage the brethren. So it's not enough to go out and uh, spread God's word. Paul was ready to go back and encourage all those brethren that he had established. And then he'll go on another missionary journey after that. He was tireless in what he did. And he encouraged countless brethren. Think of all the brethren that the Apostle Paul encouraged in his travels and through his writings. And think about those, those letters that he wrote, the, the, the impassioned letters that he wrote to the brethren, begging them, pleading with them, to turn away from sin and to turn to God. And those letters serve as uh, examples to us. Remember, these are letters that are written to Christians. And so when he's having to admonish, and admonish them for being in sin, it lets us know that we need to be admonished when we're in sin. And just because we are Christians, it doesn't mean that we are free from sin as a matter of the sin that we can engage in. We have to be diligent, make sure that we are living a life uh, to Christ and living a life free from sin. Paul wrote a lot. 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament are Paul's. Now, some of those letters are very short. But 13 letters 
out of 27 books in the New Testament are Paul's. He wrote a lot. He wrote a lot to these brethren, encouraging them, admonishing them, telling them about the things they ought to be doing in worship to God, strengthening them. He wrote a lot. He wrote prolifically. He withstood adversity. All the things there that we, that we mentioned. Being in the deep, being stoned, shipwrecked. And on top of all that are the, the pressures from all the churches. He felt that. He felt the pressure of the churches, of the brethren, and the struggles that they were going through. That was on top of him as well. But he withstood all of that. And through all that, he labored in humility. We see that he was a humble man and that he gave glory to God, not to himself. He didn't heap glory upon himself. He gave that to God. And through it all, he remained faithful. So many people in the Bible we see and read about them and, and they, we see their faith waning and them falling away from God. We don't see Paul falling away from God. Once he's converted... We see him, uh, a man on a mission, if you will, out to spread the gospel and to withstand all the things that would beset him in the world. And so Paul lived a life of example. And as I said from the beginning, we don't look to anyone other than Jesus Christ as the ultimate example of how we ought to live. But there are men in the Bible that we can see how did they deal with it? How did Paul deal with adversity? How did Paul deal with backbiting? How did Paul deal with um, the times within when he felt like his faith might waver? So we see him as an example, as a man at least, in the life that he lived. But even in that we understand that Paul puts the glory where it needs to be. And that is squarely on his Lord and his Savior, Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1 and other places, Paul says something like this or similar, be imitators, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. So if you want to imitate Paul, make sure you understand that he's imitating Christ. Don't imitate Paul as the man. Imitate Paul as a man trying to serve Jesus Christ. There's a lot more that can be said about Paul. But I hope this has been encouraging to you and just seeing briefly a man that came from persecuting Christians to a man who was establishing Christians. And what a journey that was. Paul serves as a as a reminder of uh, what it is to serve God and remain faithful through adversity. So I hope this has been encouraging to you. We offer an invitation, as we always do at the end of our time. If you're not a child of God, you can become one. You can study and, and learn and know more about Jesus Christ. And when you're ready to make that confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then you're ready to be baptized. You come up out of those baptismal waters as a new child, a new creature, as a child of God. 
and, this, and if, as a child of God, you have stumbled, you are not living a life that you should be living, I pray that you make that right while it is still called today. Whatever your needs might be, you can let them be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.